start at the beginning. Our kids are in terrible pain. They're in terrible, terrible, terrible pain. That's that's our enemy. And and I use the example. It's it's not. A, I don't like saying the c word. I know. I know. You know, but we have to really understand what's the difference, what's killing somebody. If it's physical illness, it would be like a cancer. And over here, it's mamish, I call it emotional cancer. They are being sucked into the ground by pain. Okay. The whole, uh, the whole chap and the whole idea that we're trying to do is the opposite of pain is pleasure. So if a person gets to, let's call it 80% of pain, they want to die. 90%, they're in danger. They fly to Hawaii with their parents and they go to someplace exotic and unbelievable. So how does that change anything? It does. Now they're down to 60% pain. We, we're basically flooding them for years with, with pleasure so they don't crash and burn. The example that I always use is a hot air balloon. The hot air balloon is in the sky and all of a sudden it pops a hole and it starts to come down. Now what, do you, what could you do? You can't fix the hole. Right? What you can do is you can pump it up with hot air. You tell the guy who does, if anybody went hot air ballooning, I went, it was great. They, they make the fire go up, keep on. Usually you go, makes a lot of noise, and they blow hot air, right? And then it stays and it, like, it, it floats, right? And then after five minutes or ten minutes, they got to do hot air again. But when there's a hole, it's like, just keep it coming. Keep it going as much as you can, hot air. Just prevent it from crashing. Now, their hole in their heart comes from trauma that makes them want to die, makes them not want to live, that takes away, rips out their emotions, that they can't enjoy life. They can't enjoy things that are supposed to make them feel good. That's unfortunately what childhood trauma does. They don't enjoy life. They're numb. There was a kid, a guy, not a kid, a man. He's 30 years old. And he told me, he went to Somatic, to Reggie in, in, in L.A., and he told me after two lessons, he says, you know, I just realized my legs were numb for, for like as long as I could remember because I could feel my feet. Their legs are numb. Do you know that when you're very nervous, you're, you tense up over here. You see my six-pack? I can't find it. I know it was here. It used to be here. It's covered over by a keg, two liters. But underneath we have a six-pack. Now, when you're very nervous, you tense up, right? Part of somatic in the later things, they lie the person down and they get this to release. These kids are walking around with their muscles tense for years. For years. All, their anxiety is unbelievable. One of our very Chasheva Kips, who was in the Israeli army in Gaza, recently told his parents that I am more triggered living at home with you here in a beautiful Jewish neighborhood than I was in Gaza. Correct? What an eye-opener. What? What? They're so on edge. It's the triggers and the triggers of their pain and the trauma and the people and what if I meet this guy and what if I see this guy and I saw this guy and the smell and the look and then you go outside and people look at you and the shishkin and the whole thing. It's hell. They're in Gehenna. They're in Gehenna. So, what we're trying to do is pump them up with hot air. Keep them from crashing until the Yeshua comes. We're not trauma experts, but what we want is that in a year or two or three, when there's nothing to complain about mommy and daddy, and they're calm, and they're comfortable at home, so first of all, let's, let's break it down and see what we gain. These kids that are in the most pain in Kalal Yisrael, these 10,000 kids, 20,000, a lot of kids, who are in tremendous pain, a lot of people, what they do is they add much more pain on that kid. 
by rules and boundaries, and you have to, while you're going through your hell, your Gehenna, and you feel like you have no self-esteem, your life has been ripped apart, you want to die, at the same time, we have a bunch of people looking at you, you can't come in the house like that, you can't walk out like that, how come you did this, how come you did that, and criticizing, criticizing you, and you want to die. Those kids end up feeling homeless. Kids who feel homeless have a much less chance of success. So the first thing that we're just doing is just turn it off. Your parenting and your chenach ideas and all of that do not apply to a sick child. So at the very least, don't be marachik them. Okay? That's number one. So at the very least, the same sick person, nebuch with cancer, is at least home, at least home, inside of your house, with, in a warm environment with people who don't look, th- look down at them and don't make them feel like you're worthless and don't, don't be a daim, um hurt them, hurt their emotions. They're hyper-supersensitive, and they know when the father walks in, right, you know, the not-TP fathers, they walk in and they just give a look and they give a glance, and it kills them. Like, al-hanar hispalalti. I know how you feel about me. And that makes them even worse, because I never wanted to be this. My life was ruined, and now that I'm sick and I'm dysfunctional, and I'm, I'm thrown into a world that I never signed up to be in, now on top of that, you look down at me? So at the very least, you're saying, okay, I'm going to take off my educator hat and parenting hat with my rules and my consequences. I'm going to give you a safe haven. You're going to have a safe environment where nobody is going to look down at you. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to look down at you. We're not going to think bad about you. We're not even going to flinch. You could pierce your whole face. Nebuch, that's a sign of pain. Tattoo your whole body, nebuch, a sign of pain. And they can't function, they can't, and they always have problems, they always bash up their cars, and they always, all the bad luck, bad stuff happens to them. And we will be here for you as your cheerleaders and love the real you under all of this schmutz, your essence, or we call it your chelukalakamimal mamish. We will believe in you. Now, we have reason to do that because really they're at some good, they really are essentially good, and they never signed up for this. But also, we have so many kids, like I was tonight at this wedding. This, this family, six years ago, not 60 years ago, six years ago, fell apart in my hands. I mean, they fell apart. That it was in the summer, and the parents had nowhere to go, they couldn't stay home, whatever, and they came to my bungalow upstate. I invited the parents. Don't get any ideas. I don't do that anymore. I, can't, I don't have enough room for all of you. Now we make Shabbatones. So you could all... But they came to my bungalow with a little infant because they, they couldn't. The whole house fell apart. The grandparents thought they knew what they were. The grandparents said, I know what to do. Throw her out, lock her out, consequences. And, and meanwhile, I'm telling them to buy mini skirts. And somebody else, a very hush of an advisor, is telling them, Avi's crazy, don't listen, don't buy it. How could you do it? And an iPhone. And, I'm, and it was very complicated. I was just at the wedding. See the girl. She's a teacher in a chesidisha school, and she's getting married to a chesidisha boy who, who has no history. That's how strong she is. Beautiful family. And the parents are so happy, and the grandfather came over to me and said, who would believe such nachas? He said, by the afruf of his future son-in-law. He said, the whole time I was crying out of joy. I never dreamed. That's six years, not 60. I know every day here feels like a long time. But six years. And they already, she was already much better, obviously, a year or two ago. It was just a couple of years of bed. And they supported her. So you're giving them, at the very minimum, a safe haven. You can't stop the pain. You can't change their behavior. You can't do... Well, what you could do is you could hug them and keep them safe. Now, that's number one. 
And if that's all you do, does, doesn't that, don't, don't they deserve that? If there's chas v'shalom, a child with physical cancer, you're not the doctor, you're not Sloan Kettering, you're not going to do chemo, you're not going to do radiation, but you can give them a, a loving home, you can pick them up from the sessions, from the chemo, you can bring them back, you could sit by the bed, you, can, you don't say, oh, maybe he'll be spoiled. No, I can't give him, to, you give him what he needs, he's sick now. You're there to give emotional support for physical illness. And now they know that actually emotional support actually helps even for physical illness. You could have two people with the same cancer, and one of them has family and fun and smiles and laughter, and the other one doesn't, and this one could actually recover. So there's like a billion dollar industry of technology to fight the cancer, and Uncle Maishi. And Uncle Maishi can help the cancer go away. So you have the radiation and the chemo and the x-rays and, and, and a clown. And, and it really helps. When the pain is emotional, psychological pain, and you're in there with your support, that's also, of course, very healing. So a kid who's in tremendous pain, who otherwise might have said, I want to kill myself and jump in front of tracks or off a bridge or so many suicides we have, or numb myself with so much drugs, which is really suicide as well. It's just, I don't care, I'll take as much drugs as I can get, and then we'll call it an addict. No, they're just trying to numb their pain. And, and if they die, they die. But if you go ahead and you give 10% hugs and love and, and, pay, and pleasure and gifts and, a, and this wrapping and that wrapping, you're keeping the person, hopefully, out of that category. Now, it's almost impossible to know. That's the hardest part about TP, because you don't know what would have been, if I could show you a video, if you stopped doing this, what would her matzah be then? Then you'll say, oh, look how much we're accomplishing. Because she's not that. But here it's like, oh, she's terrible. But what would it be the other way? But you're doing more than that. Because they have an attachment disorder, as we spoke, that Shimon Russell explained. That the etzim of trauma, part of what it does is it rips them away from feeling the attachment. And you are reattaching with every hug and every gift and every love. You are reattaching. How do we have so many kids who get off drugs without any rehab. So many, most of our kids get off drugs without rehab. Why? Because they have so much less pain that they come to the point and they fight. These are fighters. These kids are strong. Everybody thinks they're weak. No, they are the strongest. As soon as they can fight, they will. How do we have so many kids getting off all kinds of mental illness diagnosis and medication, anxiety, depression, v'chulu, v'chulu, without, right? Did your son go to any uh, rehab? Nothing. Just mommy and daddy. They don't look like the most powerful people in the world, but they saved their son, which I want, I want you to share this later. I was blown away by your update. Weed. How is, he smoked the most weed that a person can smoke, pretty much. He went to Denver, right, where it's legal and, and grow it and sell it and whatever, and now he's clean. Why? So people don't understand that. When you support smoking weed, they can stop. I've proven it over uh, New England Journal of Medicine. You said. Okay. Prove it. We're going to be proven soon. We have someone doing a thesis on this. It's unbelievable. So that's what you're doing. What you're doing is you're giving her, first of all, a comfortable place to be in pain. Second of all, you're taking away all the other pain she would have had. My father hates me. My mother hates me. My grandparents hate me. I'm an embarrassment to society. I'm embar- I have no home. I have no love. And by pumping her up with pleasure, you're carrying her through the dark years. So that way, when they go to a therapist or a somatic or wherever they go, eventually, to a place that hopefully knows how to seal that hole that was broken in the hot air balloon and close it, 
at least they can focus on that instead of focusing I'm homeless, my parents hate me, and all of that. You're taking away years of discussion and therapy. Therapists call me all the time. Avi, we got another one of your kids here. I'm like, how do you know? What, what other from kid comes in in a miniskirt or with piercings or boys with, and comes in with mommy and tati? Happy. And I sit down with them in the intake. How's it going at home? And only, we are the only group in the world of kids who are struggling, dysfunctional, off the derech, dropping out of school, not being matzliach, doing drugs, where they say, oh, I love my parents. My home is great. Very comfortable there. Most comfortable, safe place in the world. And the therapists love that. They say, great, now we don't have to waste three years on that with family therapy and calling every... Now we can talk, so Shefala, what's bothering you? What's happening here is, and why you're in so much pain, I think the pain in our group is more than any other pain. Because when the parents are screaming and yelling at the kid, for some reason the fighting and the cast and the hatred and the anger and the frustration, it covers off, it covers over their Rahmanas. You took away all of that. You have your kid in front of you, and you're looking at her. You're not angry at her. She's not angry at you. You're not fighting. And all of a sudden, and this is the pain of the parents in this room, is much more because you have access to seeing them without them cursing you. Because when they curse you, you don't care about their pain as much. Now they're not cursing you. They're loving you, and you're watching them, and you're saying, Oy vey, my kid is in so much pain. And that's very painful. Very painful to watch. The good news is, because she's able to express it to you, you're there. She's not alone in her pain. It's the feeling that I'm all alone that makes them want to die. Statistically, the kids who want to die, uh, they, they feel like I have no one. So you're already helping, tilting that seesaw in her brain away from I want to die just by the fact that my mommy and daddy love me. I am loved. And now, here's what's amazing. That is very painful to watch, but it's amazing. She's actually just finished two, three years of therapy. How? Because since you gave her nothing to fight about, nothing to argue about, and you said, yes, 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 Shefal, of course, whatever you want, whatever you need, whatever you eat, whatever, your dog, you got her everything. So now all of a sudden she's sitting, only a year since you're here, and she's saying, what the heck is wrong with me? What? is wrong with me. She's not angry at Hashem, she's not angry at the community, she's not angry at her mommy, she's not angry at her daddy. All of that masks the problem. That's smoke in front of the fire. Now she's able to say, I'm at a Broadway show with my mommy, and she's saying, isn't this supposed to feel good? Why can't I enjoy this? Without any other tie on anything else. She now knows and recognizes that something is broken in me and I can't even enjoy... Be- I'm supposed to enjoy this. I'm comfortable with you. I love being here. It's a great show. I'm, I'm with friends and family. Why am I not enjoying this? Pray tell. Somebody tell me. Why am I not? She's almost there. She's so close. It takes kids who go on drugs years. Ten years later, they start have to unravel. I worked with Home Sweet Home kids. Most of them were homeless. Or... Well, not wanted. There was no TP then. So the parents did not do what you're doing. They did not feel comfortable at home. Many of them actually lived on the street, but all of them were homeless, emotionally homeless. And it took years for them till they found, five years later, they found me in Home Sweet Home, and then they had to go through this and patch up with their parents. Ten years later, they start thinking, hey, what happened to me? Because they don't know themselves. 
kids who get Nebuch molested or raped as children don't understand that that causes them attachment disorder and emotionally to be numb. They don't understand it themselves that that's why they have ADD and ADHD and MP3 and JFK and all of these diagnoses. They don't know. Just like other people don't know. And, and mommy and daddy don't know. And they don't know what happened usually. So they're sitting with a kid and all of a sudden the teacher says, kid can sit still. Well, okay, so what should we do? We're great parents. Go to the therapist. Therapist says, oh, it's ADD. Or it's ADHD, so what should you do? Medication. So what should you do? Therapy. So you go through years of med- medicating a problem that does not exist. And, and you know what I'm talking about. Medicating a problem that does not exist. I'll give you an example. That's not a nice example, but I, I don't have any other example that's nice. Maybe someone can tell me a nicer way to put it. Imagine that your wife, um, is, you have like a hot plate on Shabbos. And after Shabbos, she takes the hot plate, she unplugs it, it's very hot. She puts it down in a chair and she's going to go to find something to clean it with. Meanwhile, you come in, you have no idea, you pull out the chair, and you zetz Okay? Of course, you'll be a lot of screaming and stuff like that, a lot of pus and oozing. See, this is not a nice example, but it's, it really works, okay? Now, you comes Monday, and you come to work, and your boss tells you, listen, we have a big board meeting today, and I need you to be next to me in the board meeting with 20 people that the uh, overseas uh, president is going to be flying in. I need you to sit next to me. And you're sitting there at the board meeting, and you're like... And you're trying to hold it in, and it can't finish, you know, it's, it's really painful. So, and every couple of minutes, your boss turns to you, you know, yeah, are you Okay. Can you just calm down? Can, do you need you need a pill? What's going on over here? No, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yes, uh, so, yeah, our sales, our sales are going up this year, and, and we really ho- hope to, you know, what kind of meds are they going to put you on? You know how many kids have ADD and ADHD because Nebuch, they're going through trauma? And these are, this is what it looks like. Nobody's full, nobody, nobody's a Navi. You go to the psychiatrist, they're not Nevi'im. They look at the symptom. Can't sit still. Here's a pill. Come back in a month. Is it working? No. Take more of it. A lot of kids say, I, I, they, I, they stop taking medicine as soon as they get old enough and strong enough to break free from the system. And they say, I hate the way it makes me feel. I hate the way it makes me feel. Because we're putting medicine into their brain to prevent them from moving. You understand? It's like, imagine if they're, they're moving... And so we take rope, and we say, oh, we got a great solution, teacher, here. Here's some masking tape, and here's some rope, tie their feet down, and thing. we solve the problem. So we give them a pill that does that, but inside they're, they want to bust out, but the pill deadens their brain, so they're just... And if the reason that's causing this is trauma... Because at night their brother or their uncle or whoever, their neighbor, whatever, is playing with them or their nerve, whatever the trauma is, but it's usually sexual, unfortunately sexual abuse, almost always. So then it's not going to help. So this is all part of the cycle. This is all part of what happens to them. They get misdiagnosed and they go through all of that. That's what I was saying. The pain of the parents in this room is so bad because we just see them. There's no rebellion. There's no fighting. This total acceptance and love, and you just watch a kid who should have everything, she has everything, and she's saying, I'm just crying, I just want to die. So I hope that what you're doing is going to carry her through the dark years, and I also hope that whatever help she needs in the outside world, which you're offering her anything that she wants, I hope that they will heal her, 
when she has a refuah shalema, you'll realize that all these years of good relationship, you accomplished all the other stuff. So she'll have a refuah shalema, and she's going to be like her family and give you tremendous nachas. That's the plan. This is Avi Fishoff, and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL.com.